Blog Talk Radio. You got them bruises, place them on your legs. You got them scratch marks rubbing on the ledge. I know your story, it won't be up straight. Cause when I'm not. Okay, that's the last time I used that one. Anyway, Stephen Brandt and Keith Lapina. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Matt. <laughs> of the Elkhart Podcast. I love Matt Hoffman to death. I really do. But some of the music he's put in here is, I'm just like, oh, it says cubicle. Good enough for me. I don't know what that is. Because Keith's got good taste in music. I'm a country fan. And, and Matt Hoffman, I love his music, but he finds the strange stuff. He's, I think he's our, he's our network's hipster with what, with what he's like. <laughs> it's not me. He's I'll promise so you that. that. <laughs> yeah. He's going to so love that when he listens to it. Anyway, this is our um, L.A. Story Show. I, last yeah. week, speaking, I had, had, speaking I, of that, uh, hold on a second, Steve. Sorry for you L.A. Story. We do have an L.A. Story we got to mention. we got to extend congratulations to Kyle and Eva Martino. Uh, their daughter Marlo was born, I believe, Sunday. So uh, congratulations to both of them. Uh, and of course, uh, Eva, uh, some of you might know her better under her maiden name of Eva Amuri. Uh She is an actress. Uh, you also may have heard of her mother, uh, Susan Sarandon. So, yeah, Susan Sarandon is our grandmother. So, uh, again, our, our congrats, sincere congratulations to uh, Kyle and Eva. They're all, all of them are doing well. Uh, let's hope that Marlo is an even better actress than her grandmother and a better footballer than her dad. <laughs> so, just want to make sure we got that one in tonight. Or, or a better, or, or a better actress than her mother. But that's I'll just. I'll well, not. I can't. I've never, I've never seen her or anything, so I can't judge her on that. I've seen Susan Sarandon in the movie, so I can say that much. I've always liked Susan Sarandon. I, that's one of those weird actresses I've just always liked. I. I then again, I'm probably the first, only person under 40 that finds Valerie Bertinelli really hot, so I'll, I'll go with that. Anyway, we're going to talk about completely L.A. stuff today. First part or whatever, however we go on this. Landon Donovan retired last week. I'm not surprised about that. I figured it was about due. Then the second part of the show, as Alicia just figured out on Twitter, um, we're going to talk about Chivas United. Ah, I was going to say Chivas United. Whoa. Chivas USA. <laughs> and what's really happening? We have heard, and I dropped this last week, and I haven't really heard any follow-up of this, about maybe maybe the Maloof brothers that own Sacramento Kings will buy the Sacramento Republic and then will buy... Chivas USA and then swallow it all up into one and make it kind of like the Sacramento, Kansas City, Cincinnati, Rochester Royals. Anyway. <laughs> I, I love I can so do that. Anyway, um, actually it was the Kansas City Kings, I think is what it was. Yeah, they were the Kansas City. Well, first they were the Kansas City Omaha Kings. They played in both cities. Uh, I remember those days, and then they uh, eventually stopped playing in Omaha and then moved to Sacramento. But yeah, when they were when they were in Rochester and Cincinnati, they were the Royals. And in fact, somebody I don't know if it was the Maloofs, I, I believe it was the Maloofs, 
uh, had gotten the trademark uh, on Anaheim Royals in the event that they were able to uh, uh, that they were were going to move the Kings to Anaheim to play there, but that never happened, of course, because the uh, city of Sacramento came with their deal for their new arena. So yeah, that that franchise has been along in uh, well traveled history, almost across, completely across the continent. Yeah. Hey, maybe next they can become the Hawaii Islanders. Who knows? But anyway, that was their Triple A baseball team. <laughs> anyway, the, the, what we do want to bring up is we we do want to talk about Landon, and there is no small feat with him. He is probably the best American born, and probably the last great American born player in the for the U.S. national team in the MLS. Because what we're going to see coming up is a lot of multi multicultural type of players coming in and a lot of Germans until until Jason Christ takes over the team in 2018. Well, you can have an argument on him being the best American player. He's certainly in the discussion. Uh, more goals than any player in MLS history, more goals than anybody played for the national team. So he's without a doubt in the top five. I mean, and it's hard to compare eras, especially. You know, you go back to, you know, the the earliest days uh, with people like the late Harry Thiel and Walter Barr and that sort of thing. Uh, you know, later days, people like uh, Rick Davis and Kyle Rhodes Jr. But I can tell you this without equivocation. Landon Donovan is the most important American soccer player ever. That Of that, there is no question in my mind. He, you know, he has done more for uh, American soccer, uh, both for the national team and MLS, than anybody else you can name. And I don't think anybody else will ever surpass. He came in at a rather unique time, admittedly. Uh, but you know that you know the best player. There there are people who debate it, and it's a pretty good debate. But there is no question he is the most important American soccer player ever. You know, I think I think the soccer hipsters ears were ringing. Hey, Matt, how are you doing? <laughs> What's up, hey, Matt Austin, how are you doing, man? Uh, I'm well. How are you doing on this uh, fine day? Not bad. Uh, I don't know if you heard the opening, but uh, we Keith, Keith and I were crediting you with being the the hipster of the network of the um, of the Yellow Carded Podcast. <laughs> 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 I I I I am flattered. Uh I'll uh, I'll take that. Thank you. Yeah, cuz I told him a long time ago. I told Stephen a long time ago if if the word hip is involved, it definitely is not me. So <laughs> Thank you. Anyway, Thank you. Anyway, it's good to have Matt on because he is well, he he is our resident expert on Chivas USA and I do want to get to that in the second Every part podcast of the show. <laughs> yep. Uh, or whatever they're going to be next year. But we are all... We're, we're not the best team, but we're the most entertaining. <laughs> exactly. I also do want to talk... We're also talking about Landon Donovan retiring. And we mm-hmm. all kind of grew up in the years of Landon. I mean, there, there are mm-hmm. people that only... There are only really people that know... <laughs> the sport because of Landon. I mean, I remember right. some of his goals 
being broadcasting in places that aren't things. And I, he's a, and this is a weird change for me. I used to not like Landon for some strange reason. It, I liken him to my Jake Gyllenhaal complete hatred. I don't know why I don't, I don't, I don't like think you're unique to that, actually. I, I don't think it's unique to X at all. Yeah, it, for some reason... I, I'm, not, I'm not placing a value judgment on that. I'm just, I'm just saying that that's a very, um, I, I think, uh, not popular, but uh, I think that's just a, that's a lot of people have a sentiment. Yeah. So, I mean, you being out in the OC, I mean, what was it like last week when Landon announced the retirement? Um, well, it, it happened. Um, I think a lot of people were really taken aback by Bruce Arena's um, uh, reaction to it. And, and that's, again, that's actually, that's not uh, a, um, that's not a slide on him. In fact, that's, uh, that's incredibly, that was incredibly endearing. Um, you know, pe- people, um, you know, I- I'm honestly, um, in-, in so many ways, this- there's-, there's so many things about soccer and merit that irks me. And I think this is one of the things, too, is just the- this idea of comparing players because it's not like other sports. Um, you know, you can- you- you- it's pretty easy to compare Michael Jordan to LeBron James. Um, it's pretty easy to compare to baseball players. And it's pretty easy to compare football players. Um, but it's like comparing saying Landon Don is the best player ever and, and not taking anything away from the impact he's had. Um, it, it's, it's akin to saying that um, Junior Seau is a better play, football player than Tom Brady. They're completely different, uh, completely different players. You just can't make those sort of comparisons. Um, Donovan's been a fantastic player. Uh, he's a great talent. He's done it his way. And I think that's, for me, that's the biggest thing is that he, he's just a different cat. He talks openly about meditation. He uh, talks about, um, you know, just needing to take a time away from the sport. Um, so I just think he's a, he's a unique character in, in that regard. And, and a fantastic player, better person. But if we know anything about soccer, it's, we always look forward. We don't look backwards, especially since soccer, as we know it, basically capacity is, uh, is less than 20 years old. So there just really isn't that much time to reminisce. Reflect on him. We'll miss him next year. But time moves on. So so we can call – we can – well, yeah, we're obviously going to move on. Because there, there's, people, there's people that watch this sports that don't know of Walter Barr, that don't, that don't know of Giorgio Canalia, of course, you know. Giorgio wasn't an American, but we'll, we'll go with where I was going on that, that maybe 20 years from now we will be looking back as Freddie Adu is the greatest player or Julian Green is the greatest player of all time or that that really hard-to-pronounce name guy that's at Arsenal that apparently lived in Maryland for six months or whatever was the greatest. But, you know, I, I think for the people that have come into the sport now, this is kind of, and I, I exaggerated it, but I am, I'm writing basically a war and peace type of article about Landon Donovan retiring for a um, English site coming up in the next couple weeks. That Landon retiring for the sport for this generation is like when Jordan retired the first time to go play baseball, or I forgot which which one he went to go to play baseball. It kind of shocks people. 
in a way, is that we, we, I think we kind of figured that Landon was done. He got the record. He's not going to go to the World Cup. There probably won't be a testimonial. He's pretty much done. Now, the key question with Landon is, because he's such a different person, once he's done, will we see him ever again? Will he be a media guy? Will he be a coach? I mean, is he going to be one of those guys that we're going to look back on like Don Coriel and go, hell, he's still alive? I I don't see him. I certainly don't see him getting into the media. I mean, he did have that fling during the World Cup, but it wasn't anything to write home about. Um, You know, coaching, I just, I really don't see him. I think he's just going to, you know, go and do, basically do, this is, going to do what he did a sabbatical, lay out, disappear, you know, go away from do whatever he wants to do. You know, like you said, though, you know, you've also, you know, this is a different kind of a, a person we're dealing with here. You know, this is a guy, he, you know, he you know, lived, lived in Los Angeles for so long, uh, was dating an actress at one point, so he kind of got into that celebrity circle type of thing. Uh, you know, I, I still say that had some kind of, some sort of impact uh, on him in terms of his dedication, but this is a guy it's. I, and this is going to be an analogy that might sound a little strange. You, can, you might not know who I'm referring to, but back in uh, in the uh, late '70s, early '80s, there was a uh, uh, Dutch tennis player by Johan Creek. Uh, he was a terrific player. Was in the top ten on a few occasions, but he was a seen as a guy with a little bit broader range of uh, of life than just. Tennis ball. I mean, tennis, but that's tennis, obviously for soccer. There's a single mindedness. If you don't have a soccer, we get just you. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's an odd project, but it is just you at the end of the day. You're the one that's going to But there was some criticism of him uh, because he didn't have some of the single mindedness that other players had. I think Landon Donovan fits in that category. Another guy, Steven, here, you'll know, know this. Here, Jack Kemp. Go ask some of the old old uh, Buffalo sportscasters and writers and ask them. I remember the one guy uh, uh, from the Buffalo News, like Larry Felser, I think is his name. He said, yeah, Jack kept me to focus more on football. He would have been a lot better quarterback, but he wouldn't have been nearly as interesting as you know, he had. He had the interest in politics. So he was like, oh, what's the end of your serving at college? Donovan's got other things going on in that head in his life. We don't know much about them, obviously. You know, he has talked about, as you said, about the meditation, but this is the guy, he's just going to go off and kind of fade away and not draw any attention to himself. Uh, I don't see him, uh, yeah, I don't see him getting back to the professional ranks uh, in any or even college ranks in any way, shape, or form, coaching or whatever. And that's, I think that's going to be the way he wants it. And, uh, and that's uh, you know, like I don't. He's not going to be forgotten. I don't think we'll look up and say, "Hey, Landon Donovan's still alive." Just in seven, seven years later, I don't think that's going to be the case. I think a lot of future players are going to be compared to Landon Donovan uh, over the next twenty to thirty years. I don't think so. I don't think he's not. He might go away and disappear, but he certainly is not going to be forgotten by people. Hey. So, I mean, 
with this, I mean, and I've also heard this coming out that he might he might pull another sabbatical, take eighteen months off, and then come back again. No, I don't see him coming back. I I think he's he's what he says he's done, he's done. I really believe that. I don't see that. I don't see a comeback. Well, Alexi Lawless retired. I took a few years off and then returned to the yeah. galaxy. So yeah. wouldn't it be unprecedented for uh the league or with this team? No, but Alexi's a totally different character than Landon. I really believe that. I d I don't well, I don't Some see would say he's a full ginger. Well, <laughs> I, I would bet. I would bet anything I value on it. Let's put it through that way. Maybe he retires and then goes and plays for Manchester United, like everybody thinks he should have worked. Whatever that happens. Well, he tried I, playing Everton. He tried playing Everton. That didn't work too well. No. I know because he's a different cat and he liked playing over here in the state. Um, will the Euro snobness of soccer fans slight him for never really making it in Europe? That air, that air is cool. Oh, okay. I, I was waiting for Matt to say something. I there will be some. Uh, I'm sure. I didn't know if that was a question or a statement. No, no, that was a question. But yeah, I so do we some of the Euro, yeah, some of the Euro snobs I think will say that. Uh even some people who aren't necessarily some will say that. But like I said, I don't think that's to me that's not the measuring stick in his case. It really isn't. Uh I, I w- it would have been great if he'd have had a better time in Europe, but I, I that's not that's not how I judge him. Uh yeah, I know he didn't do too well there, but that's to me that doesn't enter into it. Some, but some will. There is no question. There are some who will say, "Yeah, he wasn't all that because he didn't make it a year." And that's and that you know that's their opinion. They're entitled to it. I can see where they're coming from. When we see so many other American players go and have such a big impact uh, with European clubs, uh, so yeah, there will be some who will say that. There's no question about that at all. But I, I don't really. That doesn't enter into my thinking. How about you, uh, Matt? Um, uh, honestly, it's. I mean, uh, I think uh, I think the famous philosopher Kanye West uh, probably best surmised that uh, the haters got to hate. Um, honestly, um, I don't know. Maybe and uh, maybe I just feel landed out uh, after the World Cup thing and then all this. I mean, he's just been very. Uh, uh, for whatever reason, he's a bit of a lightning rod. Um, maybe some people feel, you know, he had all this potential and never took to the next level. Uh, you know, he's, you know, he's, he's an introvert, just kind of a quiet, nice, nice, perfectly pleasant guy. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's he's a helpful player. Uh, he's left a great legacy. You know, he really helped grow the game in the United States. He helped, uh, you know, perform. He uh, from globally on a global level, um, I, I don't have much more else to say. Just, yeah, that's why I thought you heard, thought you heard me earlier, Matthew, so you can debate whether he's the greatest American player of all time, but there's no question he's the most important American player of all time. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people, you make a good play on being landed out, but let's remember with that thing with the World Cup, 
that wasn't his doing. You know, he, your, that was Jurgen's decision, not his. So you can't. You, no, yeah, I'm, I'm not blaming Landon. I just, I just, uh, we're just. Right. I think, uh, I think for, I speak for a lot of people. Just with Landon fatigue. I love the guy. Yeah, yeah. Get hat to him, but don't really have anything more to add to the conversation. Yeah, yeah, he's not. Yeah, he is a pretty bland uh, per, as far as his public personality is concerned. Uh, it, it, it reminds me a little bit of Mia Ham in that respect. Uh, we've never, I've never seen Landon when he's like behind the scenes, so I don't know if he's as different there as Mia. Certainly, if you go look at the uh, the '99 so certainly Mia in private with the teammates was a lot different than what she was in the public eye. Uh, and that you know, it, it's you know, there's a little you know that that's something that you know a lot of athletes face in this day and age, especially because of. As I've called it, I know it's a horrible word I'm calling, but because of the celebrityization of sports, we're expecting these guys. We a lot of people expect guys to be these big personalities, like their entertainers, so like And that's just not Landon's way of doing things. And um, you know, so it was. You know, that was more of a immediate thing as far as the flap was concerned. You said there's nothing. It was not his doing, certainly uh, by any stretch. But, you know, there are some people, they want, you know, there are certain segments they want athletes to be like entertainers with these big personalities doing outrageous things. And we've seen some that have done that sort of thing, uh, whether it be intentional or otherwise. But, you know, it's just, you know, Landon's a very quiet, reserved person, at least as far as his public perception is concerned. And um, you know, there is that, you know, there is that, that feeling among some people that they'll say, you know, well, because he didn't make Europe, or I didn't think he was, uh, uh, you know, because of whatever those things. Well, he wasn't all that great if he couldn't make it there. But you know, some people, uh, <clears throat> you know, they just uh, you know, there, there are some people there who get in the public eye, and they just don't necessarily have uh, the personality to go with all the, the glitz and the glamour. And certainly, as I said, you know, they dated an actress at one point. So he certainly knew something about how that works. And, uh, you know, there are people that are turned off by that. You look at Michael Jordan or Tom Brady, guys who could, you know, give a, a couple of minutes answer but never really say anything. Um, and uh, there, are some, there are some guys who do that, uh, There are, but there are a lot who grew up, in, as I did, the era of Ali and beyond where, you know, with the trash talking and the big personality and things like that, there are some, and Land is one, who just don't go that way. And sometimes because people have gotten so used to athletes having that out, outsized, outgoing public persona, they get used to that, and they see somebody like Land, and they, and they kind of give it short trip because of that. You know, uh, we, don't, we don't have to worry about that with you on that. But go ahead. Get, go you ahead, know, um, so I, this is true. Um, you know, that, it's, for me, it's like, you know, Landon Donovan, talking about Landon Donovan, uh, is like talking promotion relegation MLS. I, I mean, it's not happening. It, it's got its merits. It's just not happening. And, you know, so I tip my hat to Ted, because that guy can talk about that all day long with ferocious determinism. Um, <laughs> uh, but, I mean, it's just, 
I don't really know what else to say about Donovan other than, you know, thank you. Um, I hope you have a good life. Well, I hope you land on your feet. Um, I hope you smell all the flowers, et cetera. You, you know, that, that, is fun. that is funny that you bring that up. I wrote an article for World Football Weekly where I blatantly call out Ted, in it, and I have not got any damn flack on it. Yet Aaron Stolar and Tannewald say pro in anything, and the Ted accumulates go freaking crazy, and I also do feel sorry oh, yeah, Aaron, for Aaron, Aaron tweeted the Aaron. Aaron tweeted about it today and, and told had told everybody who was involved that he had said, you know, almost as many words, Tim Floyd's had the troll. Don't pay attention to him. And, uh, yeah, I, was just, I was just like, you got to be kidding me. I was blatantly trying to get views from Ted, and he doesn't see a damn thing about it. Oh, well. But anyway, we're at the bottom of the hour. We, we're doing our L.A. Story type of podcast today. This is the Yellow Card Podcast. You've got Keith Kokinda and Matt Hoffman of, well, L.A. I'm going to just say he's close enough to L.A. To, but also, he's a, he is our foregone expert on whatever Chivas is going to be next year. Now, um, last week I said this on the show, and I think Keith out, fell out of his car when I said this. What is this rumor going around? And I'm sure, and I know Alicia shot it down, but I want the Maloofs buying... The, the Sacramento Republic and then flying into Cuba. Um, I'm sorry, I didn't catch any of that. <laughs> Can you repeat it? Yeah. What What is that? What is this whole thing about Sacramento and Cuba? Um, well, Sacramento is it's it's not the same thing as Cuba. Um, so. Sacramento has a um, a USL pro team uh, that just started this year called the Sacramento Republic. Uh, they have an affiliation with the San Jose Earthquakes and with the Portland Timbers, and they've been getting uh, upwards of 20,000 people at their games. They're doing a great job. And in the last uh, two, three weeks, uh, I believe the Maloof brothers, I believe they're the, the owners of the Sacramento Kings, um, got involved and said, well, we'd like to buy this club and take it to Major League Soccer. Um, so that's, that's the Sacramento thing. So the Chivas thing is that Chivas USA still doesn't have uh, an ownership group in place. And um, Mark Abbott, who is the Major League Soccer VP, he had a little Q&A during the um, All-Star Week in Portland. And he talked about, among other things, um, that uh, Chivas USA – is um, very well could be playing in um, StubHub Center next year um, as Chivas USA. Um, now, they kind of, both rumors kind of came up at the same time, not rumors, but both uh, stories came up at the same time, but they're not related. Um, Sacramento is uh, buying for one of the, uh, tw- the 24 spots, or I should say, let's see, uh, how many spots are left? Two spots are left in the, uh, for the um, soccer for the, to, to get the league to 24, they um they um so Sacramento put their hat in the ring there, but uh, there's no way. Well, I should say no way. This is basically soccer, anything possible. But uh, it's increasingly unlikely that they team would go to Sacramento. Um, they want to keep it. They want to keep the team in LA. Uh, they stand up in the get go. 
And, um, you know, I have no reason to doubt doubt them. They they look at the numbers, the Cascadia, they're, they're trying to build a rivalry with NYC and, and NYCFC and Red Bulls. Um, they really want a team in L.A. So I think they might add a team in Sacramento, but I don't see Chivas USA being that team. Okay, good, because I, 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 I had Keith falling out of his chair last week, so I wanted at least... Get, so I wanted to at least get someone on that would know something. So, I mean, what, what, what do you see with coming up with with Chivas? I mean, I, I don't know if you have any ears to the ground or any kernels of knowledge for what's coming up, or if there is any anything out there. Because I mean, yes, on the East Coast, don't hear anything about them. Well, we don't hear a lot of stuff here on the West Coast either, and that. And the truth of the matter is, just like anything, nature of course a vacuum. People are rife with speculation. There are, there are rumors around that Matthew Johnson's involved. There are rumors that uh, Donald Sterling was involved. And it's kind of based on all. It's just that in the absence of any news, people are going to want to hear things. And it's especially hard for the Chivas fans who quite honestly feel unloved. Um, it's not it's not necessarily a direct correlation, but the Clippers, in the time that Chivas has been for sale, the Clippers have been bought and sold by another and already picked up by another person for, you know, what a billion dollars. Um, Two billion. So, yeah, thank you. So people think, well, geez, if the Clippers can sell, why can't we get sale? But there's a lot more to it than just selling it because the new yeah, ownership other, group. Yeah, other things. Yeah, among other things, the over-under of the Clippers becoming the Seattle Supersonics in three years, but that's another story. And so the, the new ownership group is going to be choosing the colors. You're going to choose the location. You're going to be choosing the team's name. So there's a lot of decisions. And Don Garber said, and Mark Abbott reaffirmed this last week, that they're just not going to sell it. They're just whoever, about five, they, they want to get the right situation. They, as Don Garber said, you only get a reboot once. So you look at uh, teams that are rebooted, like the point in Kansas City, that was a phenomenal reboot. That's the sort of thing that they're shooting for. Could you could you rebrand could you rebrand Chivas and make it make it grow? I mean, is there that potential, or are just Chivas USA fans just so weary at this point of what what has happened? Is could it? Could it explode? Could Chivas USA or whatever it becomes become a great club? Well, I think it's going to take a lot of things. Uh, you know, looking at Sporting Kansas City, they uh, they had to share a stadium with Arrowhead. And eventually, they got their own stadium. They got their own training ground. I mean, these things didn't happen overnight. It feels like it happened overnight. But, you know, they, they have developed a youth academy system. These are all things that Chivas USA have to do. It's not like this isn't basketball where you get the first trick and you get you draft LeBron James and all of a sudden you go in the final. Uh, you know, there's definitely the long view here. They're, um, they're doing everything they can to win now, but they've got a lot of limitations. They've used up all three DP spots. And uh, quite honestly, uh, they're spending the leak, the leak money, um, you know, whenever they make a transfer. So they're kind of limited in what they can do. They're probably at this point out of the playoffs, um, which 
you know, it, it is what it is. Uh, they've had a hard time drawing people just because it's hard to feel motivated to come to a place where, first of all, ownership has been pretty cruel to this group for, for the years. And then um, you got the team's not winning, and it's just this air of uncertainty. And, again, in the absence of any factual data, um, people just assume, well, just assume the worst. Like, no one's interested. Um, you know, for instance, Stephen Goss, who is a very reputable person, soccer insider for the Washington Post, he said that um, Chivas Steel is now asking for $60 million, which when you think about if you want to start a new franchise, the franchise fee is $100 million. So if that was true, for $60 million, you can not only get the franchise, you know, franchise fee for $40 million less, you get all these other things to go with it. Um, Mark Abbott uh, refuted that last week, saying that uh, they expect to get significantly more than they got for Orlando City, which was $100 million. Um, so we'll see. You know, and, of course, this being major league soccer, you, you'll never really find out the details to later, if at all. Uh, is, is there also the thought that Beckham might just ditch Miami and come back to L.A. and, and be the savior? Uh, it's possible. Uh, I would say unlikely. Um, just from what we know about David Beckham, David Beckham likes winners. Uh, he, he, you know, he didn't just go, when he left Manchester City, he went to Real Madrid. And then when he came to Major League Soccer, he didn't go to Podon FC. He went to the Galaxy. Um, so, and, and that's another layer of, of this, is that uh, it's hard to believe, for what we know about David Beckham, is that he's, a very, he's a very loyal to his former team. Um, now, he came out with a great assault. Um, it's hard to believe that he'd want to go, uh, it, it'd be, I guess it'd be like buying into Manchester City. Sure, he could do it. But it would it would be unlike what we know from Beckham, which I don't know him. I who knows what he's thinking. Um, but I would also say the thing about Beckham is that he would be disincentivized in buying into Chivas because the whole reason he's trying to buy a club in the first place is because he got this deal that he can get it get a new club and and without or waiving the franchise fee for a significantly lesser franchise fee. So for him. If that's his perk, if that's his, if that's his what that's his onus, and that's his motivation, um, buying team with Jose would kind of seem to short fuse that. Uh, how much? How much of a? Well, no, you you mentioned the one thing that I thought for a time is that I could not see Beckham going to uh, the Chivas. Because he had played for Galaxy, because he was so tied to it. But I think he also understands something else. And this is something whoever buys this team needs to understand: is that your second banana, and that's you know that's uh, that's a hurdle you talk about. You know, like you said, like Garber said, you do only get one reboot. You're absolutely right, but you know it's harder to reboot this than it was to reboot Kansas City. Yeah, you're the second, um, you're the second team is, in town. Let me also point out that this is Los Angeles. You won't believe how many yeah. Clippers jerseys I've seen in the last year. Yeah. Oh yeah. It took a oh, it took a long time. I, mean, I could, you know that that uh, you know putting aside you know the racist factor with Donald Sterling, the guy was one of the most inept owners I have ever seen in North America. It's, I tell you a story that. I don't like to bring up very often because it involves my ex-wife, but 
she has a cousin who once coached the L.A. Clippers in the late 80s. He was there for two part, uh, almost three seasons. Every season he was there, the team's record improved, and the guy still got fired. You know, it's, it's, and he's just one of many that he went through. This is, uh, it's, you're, yeah, when it gets turned around, yeah, it's amazing how quickly the bandwagon fills up. And we're seeing the same thing in Cleveland right now with LeBron James' return. But it, it's, it's still a tough fight that whoever owns it is going to have. And I think, you know, Beckham putting loyalty aside, because you make an excellent point about his loyalty then. There's no question uh, that I, in my mind that he wouldn't do it for that very reason. But even if you took it just from a pragmatic business standpoint, it's a very difficult sell. Uh, and as Garber said, you get one shot at this. Um, you know, I personally uh, would seriously consider moving it if it were me, but you know, as, as the MLS people made it clear, they want the second team in Los Angeles, and therefore whoever buys this team is going to get the chance at that reboot. And uh, I think it's a hard sell, but you know, it's, um, it could be done if the right person uh, brings in the right formula, but uh, it's going to have to be somebody a lot smarter than me. I'll promise you that much. What happens first? Chivas gets sold or the Bills get sold? <laughs> uh, I don't know anything about football. Um, in fact, my friend, I was talking to my friend last night who's a, a, a Seattle Big Seahawks fan, and uh, I, I, I actually expressed surprise that – Sorry, my child's having a little bit of a issue. Um, but we, I was surprised to learn that uh, Seattle is actually still playing football. I figured they won the Super Bowl. They just like say, well, you know, hey, great job. Let's bring up the team, you know. Um, <laughs> so I, uh, I don't know about uh, the Buffalo Bills. Um, but, I mean, obviously, it, it, it will happen. I mean, it, it's imminent. I mean, it, it might not – what they're saying is it might not be this year. But, I mean, it, it's going to happen. It's, it's, you know, it's not, not – maybe not the timetable expected, but – Yeah, and because of that, and because of as they said, the one the one chance at a reboot back there, MLS is going to be very careful about this. They're not going to rush into anything, anything, and they shouldn't either, Uh, because you only get the one opportunity. You've got to make sure you're bringing in the right people to do this right. uh, Because let's face it, I've said, your MLS is pretty good with the franchise stability, remarkably good. and I'm not, and I, don't get me wrong, I'm not trying to say this whole league setup is perfect. It's not. There are issues that I think they need to work on. But they, they, are, they have to be very careful about this, and, uh, and they're going to be. There is no question. They're going to be very, very careful to get the right ownership group in place to make sure this is done right. They want another Kansas City out of this. There's no question about it. That's what they should be looking for. They just get to find do whatever due diligence and whatever studies they have to do to get it right. And uh, I, I do hope they get it right, uh, but I think the odds are long. Now, I would also be remiss in this to, to say, to kind of put in a bow, bow on this, ultimately in five years, if we want to make stupid predictions that will we'll go right, are we talking about a strong second team in L.A. or just another five years of boredom? 
Well, uh, I, I will. I will say. Thank you, thank you, uh, children. They are the future. Uh, I, I would, I would say that it's Chivas have been many things, but they have not been boring. It's, um, it is the most entertaining team in the league. Um, <laughs> if you know anything about uh, El Chalice, who uh, coached them for the first, uh, I don't know, maybe third of last year, the man is a character. Uh, freaking hilarious. Uh, there are so many stories about him that are just hilarious. Um, so, um, yeah, um, you know, first of all, this is, this is a parody-driven league. So, you know, there, there's a reason that teams – They're going to switch to just, just, just one second. Uh, Captain Underpants, um, it's huge. Um, pooping, farting, and things that happen in the toilet are just <laughs> rapturing my children's imagination. Um, so, so it's a parody-driven league, and um, um, so every every dog's going to have a say. I mean, basically every team except for Toronto and Chivas has made the playoffs in the last uh, three years. Uh, so, you know, they'll be a team to get. And then once you make the playoffs, it's it's, it's kind of a crapshoot. I mean, how many teams have gone in like the, as a low seed and, and went, won the whole thing? So <laughs> yeah, I think uh, you know, I think that's um, if you just put. I mean, I think that kind of underscores just how bad. Toronto and Cuba have actually been uh, over the last maybe no. 2000. I know it's never made it ever. Um, so, yeah, I think just by a decent team, uh, it'll be a massive improvement. And, uh, and, and the thing is, LA has enough personality to support two teams. I mean, uh, the Galaxy are your very, your, uh, your uh, bourgeoisie team. The uh, Chivas fan base, very proletarian, very um, very, um, you know, kind of uh, urban, you know, roots and stuff. Um, you know, the uh, the galaxy, very cosmopolitan. So uh, that, um, you know, the proper management, uh, I think the proper marketing, and I think the proper, um, you know, winning. But, uh, again, Rome was not built in a day. I want to do something that just came down because it's probably going to make Keith Leia. So we, we know how much Manchester United is in love with Liverpool fans and how much they obsess on Liverpool and likewise the other side around. Did you see who your new captain is? Uh, no, I haven't seen that yet. Wayne Rooney. Yeah, that had been talked about. It's not a big surprise. Uh, I'm not sure... I'm not sure I would have made that selection, uh, but on the other hand, uh, who else is there right now? Um, the only other option right now that I can think of that would make any sense would be David De Gea, and uh, but they they they're obviously thinking they need somebody who's been around for a while, who's won and been an important part of that winning. Uh, plus, you have to remember that. If the reports are to be believed, uh, there's a number of guys, including Javier Hernandez, who are about to be offloaded. So really, uh, you know, with the with some of the young players he's bringing in, as well as some of the other players who are uh, uh, you know who are more more experienced players, but still just coming on to Manchester United, it really was it really was the only option that made any sense 
But, uh, you know, who, who knows? Maybe he'll grow into it and be, become a very good captain. I, you know, I'm not sure, but really, realistically, like I said, he would be my first choice if a guy was captain, but based on what's there at the squad right now, it's the old, it was the best possible option. Well, the, the um, Phil Brown uh, beyond, beyond the pitch is a, is a huge Manchester United fan. Actually, he lives in, he lives in Manchester. Um, was set, his other option was Darren Fletcher. Uh, I don't, I don't, I would, if, it was, if you told me, if you told me everything you value goes on who the captain is, and it's between Rudy and Fletcher. I'm taking away Rudy. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, Fletcher has not been uh, what I would consider captain material, uh, especially compared to Wade Rudy. Uh, the, one of the points he was trying to point out, he was saying, "Okay, yeah, if you if you go if you go by importance to the team, yeah, Darren Fletcher is in basis. In his years, and I, I have a sneaky suspicion um, Phil is probably in his mid forties. He has said he has seen far worse players play in the center, in the midfield than than Darren Fletcher. But he said, you see how much he's stuck by the team, and the team is stuck by him. That it might be a good thing to do. Now, from that perspective, that second part of the perspective makes sense. But uh, I'm uh, I'm not so sure I'd rate him that highly as a player. As, as uh, I mean, I've seen. I've seen far worse center halves too, but I've seen far better. Uh, so, yeah, I, from that perspective, uh, that would have made some sense. But still, I, as I said, I, I stand by my seven four. If it comes down, if you tell me here are your choices, Fletcher or Rudy, who's your captain? I give you the R bid to Rudy. Okay, now um, Matt has had to drop off, and I, I still think that was adorable. We had his his, his young daughter on air with us, which is. <laughs> Now we just need to have your son just run screaming through your room every so often, and the ne- next time you guys no, he's, get help. He's sitting in the car very quietly next to me. He knows when I'm on. He knows to be quiet when something really, really bad is going on. Oh, he, you could just have the phone to him. We, we have no problem. We could, we, could we could have coming up in one of these shows – could have you, your brother, and your son all on at the same time. That, <laughs> that that would be almost interesting. I've actually already ha- I actually already just had the intro for all of that. The fact that he's sitting in that car with you quietly is he, you raised him the great way because no way in hell I'd be quiet for that that darn well. Moment, well, my, so. my, son, my son turns thirteen in a couple weeks, so he's a bit older than uh, Matt's daughter is. So that ma- that makes a lot of difference. Plus he's, a, exactly. he's also tired. He's all plus he's also tired from soccer practice. <laughs> right now he's just like, I just need some food as soon as I get home. <laughs> oh, I don't miss the. I, that's the you know that's the one thing I don't miss about what be, being young is the growth spurt years. Oh God, I don't miss that. But uh, oh, I, I can. Well, I can only imagine what my son like. Is yeah, you understand? My, my son is about to turn thirteen. He is five eleven. Okay, he's taller than me. Uh, he and, and so you know, we know that's the thing. We know there's another growth spurt on the way. Uh, he's been he hasn't been growing much the last last couple of years, but we know there's another one coming. Which <laughs> scares us. I mean, he's, he had one year, uh, a couple of years in soccer where 
almost everything he was wearing was mine. Boots, shoes, guard, socks, the whole bit. And, you know, you know, we did it partially. You know, part of it was the same money, but part of it was, hey, the stuff fits you. Why not? And uh, so, you know, but eventually we had to, uh, and we got lucky because he, when he plays in goal, they had these little uh, scrimmage vest bins that they would give these kids. And he's playing with anywhere from fifth to eighth graders, depending on what league he's in. And they give these little scrimmage vest things. And the first time I went to put it on, this was like three or four years ago, it was way too small. So I had to go, I'd give him one of my, you know, I'd give him one of my own goalkeeper shirts to wear, as well as my gloves. But even the gloves, he outgrew. We actually had to get him his own gloves last year because he he can't wear mine anymore. They're too small. Well, we need to get sponsored by for just for keepers. Just the one for you to get free stuff from them, for God's sake. I mean, Simon Robinson needs to get a hold of us because if he's going to be growing like that, we we need we need Westover or Simon Robinson to just like yeah. sponsor you or well him. There we point. go. Anyway, yeah. you'd have to, you'd have absolutely no problem with that. Um, coming up on the last. Oh, 10 no. minutes hey, of the hey, show. hey, 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 hey. Any chance I get to get a free pair of gloves, I'm not going to turn it down. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I, I've got the um, Just for Keepers um, newsletter because I, I I had one of their wristbands for a while before it broke. Um, and they do they do um, giveaways every so often for um, yeah yeah. That's, by, by the way, for if you you follow on Twitter, it's Just for the number four keepers, uh, they have a damn regional. Uh, Twitter feed as well, depending on where you live. But that's the main that's the main uh, Twitter handle. Just number just number four, and then keepers. So Eric and uh, so, and, uh, and they'd be fun, they'd be fun to get because we were, they were part of the old show, and now we would take them part of the new show. Now, by the time we get back to you guys next week, we will have kicked off or whatever you call the start of the EPL season now. Not doing a preview show this year because that was a little bit too clunky last year. Um, are you this year looking in, having fun looking at um, Manchester United? Yeah, I'm. I'm optimistic. Uh, as I said before, I think they will finish top six. Uh, you know, I'm impressed with uh, some of the younger players out there. Herrera, in particular, the number 21, has been very impressive to me. Uh, I think he's going to matter a lot. Uh, uh, They've gotten some players that can play a wider position, which is something that's been lacking the last couple of years. So I'm, I am definitely excited. I think they can, they will get in the top six. And if you see a stumble uh, from any of the, t- I still think it'll be uh, the same top of Manchester City, uh, Chelsea, uh, Arsenal, and Liverpool finishing in the top four. I think Manchester City would be my choice to win it. But if you see a stumble by any one of those clubs, and I think it's possible in all four cases um, that if Manchester United play well toward the end of the season and see a chance, they might have be able to to make a run and keep by Manchester United. Their schedule to start of the season is not terribly demanding. Uh, you know, they're opening with uh, with Swansea City Saturday uh, morning, and uh, you know, if they get off to a really good start, some interesting things could happen. I think you know, those top four teams have to be wary, uh, especially uh, Chelsea with because of some of the changes they made, as well as Liverpool for the fact, just because of the fact they're going to have that Champions League competition to deal with. 
once they get into November. How is that going to affect them? Can they make, we saw we saw what happened to Manchester City the first time they got in. They struggled in the league at times and ended up not winning the title for a second straight year. So that's that's to me is the big thing is you know, is that uh, you know, Arsenal I think uh, are the least likely of those four to have a slip up. Arsenal has been looking very impressive uh, to me. I th- I honestly think that. They might even have if they were, if I had a, a second dark horse choice to win the league, I'd say it'd be Arsenal rather than Chelsea. And I, I don't want to hear Ruben Fisher's show if they win the win the EPL. He would just be through the roof. Anyway, Ruben Fish <laughs> does um, the Far Post Far Post Radio on um, Chicago Land Sports between twelve and actually one and three. Eastern Standard Time. I would go and listen to it because every so often you hear after the two o'clock hour a familiar voice or two on on his ear. And last week I got really evil about how NBC hates American soccer, and I think I got a little backlash online about that one. I I was I was lamenting the fact that there are more Brits up there. And trying to sit, trying to stay. If you're to cut, if you're trying to make an American voice in the sport, instead of going and getting Gus Johnson, you can get any of the twenty out there that are, you know, Americans that are doing the sport. I won't get into names, but I'm on air with one of them. <laughs> anyway, and I got a kind of a yeah, bad plan. We talked about we explained we talked about Kyle Martino at the top of the show. Uh, he's he's like he's like the only American they've got over there at NBCSN, and he's pretty, he's pretty good at what he does. Don't get me wrong, but uh, yeah, that that would, it would be. I would love to see NBC take a chance. And yeah, I realize I got a dog in this fight. I'm arguing, but send me and Kyle Martino over to England to do a Premier League game. All right, send me over there with Tim Howard. I work with Tim Howard. I don't care. Hey, two goalkeepers in the booth. How long can it be? Right? You know. Take a chance. Send an American pair over there to do a game. Instead of, I mean, they've got Arlo White, and they're going to keep him on there. And they, they take the, you know, the, the uh, whoever it is, BBC or Sky Sports or whoever does the other feed and just use theirs. But why not? Take a chance. Try something different. I think I think the American fan can accept it. You know, I don't think uh, I don't think the Euro snobbery is that great where. People will go scream, oh, they shouldn't use Americans on the Premier League games. Well, why not? ESPN's been using Britain on the ESPN games for a long time. Why not do it in reverse? Yeah, you would have no problem covering a Lester Sinley, Lester Sinley Broomley game by any stretch of the imagination. <laughs> You'd go, they were doing their preview, and they were just, hey, we're just ripping Broomley a new one. I felt so <laughs> bad for their and the other and the, and the other advantage I have, because I have a Scottish grandfather, getting a work permit wouldn't be too much of an issue. <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't be too much of an issue. Anyway, next week, how that works. Ask Hartsy how that works. Yeah, that, that works. Hartsy, Hartsy, Hartsy. It's weird to hear Hartsy in the morning now on the um, football show. Now that I think Ray, I don't think Ray Hut. It's I don't think Ray Hudson's coming back to Newcastle at this point. God, I think he's been there for three weeks. 
uh, Ray goes on the air proclaiming all this time that he's an American. He's been here for 40 years. He doesn't, he doesn't really recognize his British side of him anymore. He rips the... Groups the British national, the English national team with no other. Now he's spending three weeks in Newcastle with his 98 year old father, which is just still makes me laugh. Well, first, first of all, first of all, lots of English people rip the England national team. Okay, so that's not unusual. And so, and, and good for his 98 year old father. I have a 98 year old great aunt to match. So good, good for both of them. Yeah. It's funny. He always tries to mention. Anyway, coming up next week, we're going back to doing interviews, so you won't have have to hear us opining and stretching for time. Um, San Francisco <laughs> City FC is um, starting up next year in the PSL, and we reached out to him, and I, I wanted to, I wanted to ask them why does the, why does their emblem look like Watford, which is maybe that's just how they pick the colors or anything. But the guy was one of the best. <laughs> First names I've heard in a while. Jacques. I forgot what his last name is. He's going to be on next week at the start of the show. Talk about um, San Francisco FC and more of the MPSL. And I'm sure we'll. I'm sure we'll spend the back half of the show talking about all the glorious victories of the EPL next week. Yeah, there should be uh, at least one. Uh, there should be at least one, I would think. <laughs> exactly. Well, we're coming up on the final minute. Hopefully, while the, the computer refreshes or the laptop refreshes, come on, I'm on computer. There we go. Oops! Now it went away. That's real fun. Anyway, if you want to get a hold of us, he's Keith Kokinda on Twitter. Exactly how it how you say it is how it's spelled, and I'm Yellow Card SCB. We will talk to you next week.